day and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. I mentioned something a couple of weeks ago and I said, do you know what suck, squeeze, bang, blow means? And I think it offended a few people because they thought I was talking about what happens after you eat Indian food or something like that. And, um, but the reality is it's a very wholesome thing and we partook of it this morning. And uh, every mechanic knows what this means. And, it, and suck is about is there's a piston in your engine and it goes up and down. And it goes up and down twice. So it's a four-stroke engine. And the first thing it does is it goes down and it sucks in fuel. And the second thing it does is it goes up and it compresses the fuel. And then the third thing it does is it sets off a spark and it's called combustion and it pushes the piston down again. And then, and then the momentum brings it back up again and it blows out all the exhaust and the dirty fumes. Suck, squeeze, bang, blow. So now you know what it means. And um, there's a very important spiritual principle in this uh, that uh, now you need to go and figure out what that means. And, um, you know, when your car's not running and you're not running properly and you take it to the mechanic, this is what your mechanic's thinking. He's looking at your car and he's going, is there a problem with fuel? Is there a problem with compression? Is there a problem with combustion? Or is there a problem with exhaust not being released? He's, he's, he's asking himself the question about um, what is hindering your car from operating properly. And um, he's always asking those questions. And, they, and, you know, and mechanics in their um, Australian um, you know, language reduce it to these things that are very simple. You know, is there a problem with, with, with fuel? Is there a problem with um, compression or combustion or exhaust? And they ask themselves these questions. So when you're wowed by that, all you men who now want to wow your wives when your car breaks down on the side of the road, you can go, well, I wonder if it's a problem with... Um, compression or combustion or whether it's a problem with exhaust or spark or or fuel you know you can ask yourself these questions oh, i think it's one of these four things my dear and uh, challenge, chances are it will be exactly one of those four things and um you know when we look at our lives and we look at to see whether they're running properly and we ask ourselves father teach me your ways when we know the ways of god and we look at our lives we can discern, we can, we can discern where we're at, what needs to be improved. See, what happens when, when people turn into car races, they increase the momentum in each of these things. They have better intake and, you know, they have things like turbos and superchargers that force more air in and, um, and, then, and, the, and more fuel in. You can get a double pumper carburetor that pumps more fuel in, you know, and, and then there's high compression engines. You know, and then there's amazing spark plugs these days that, um, that really set it off with a bang and big exhaust valves that get that rubbish out as quick as possible. And you can get faster and faster and faster. And God's saying, this is what I want to do in your life. He's saying, I want you to get faster and faster and I want you to be a high-performance Christian. I want you to be someone who understands when he looks or she looks at their life, you see the challenges and you see where they sit inside the kingdom of God. We diagnose well when we know the ways of our Father. We're not intimidated by a lack of spark, a lack of compression. We're not intimidated by the build-up of exhaust in our lives because we know that our lives are in the flow of the kingdom of heaven. 
And when, when we understand his ways, we can input his ways into our lives and we can gain strength and authority and we, become, we can become, uh, we can perform a lot better. And when I was a kid, we used to muck around with the system and we would drive along, you'd gain momentum in your car and you would turn the key off and then pump your foot on the accelerator. And when the key's off, there would be no spark. And then when we would turn the key back on, it would send an explosion in the community that would scare all the neighbourhood. They were called key bangs. Problem is, is every now and then you would blow the exhaust straight off the side of the engine. So you've got to be careful not mess with the system. Not mess with the system of God. Because you know, he, wants you to, he wants you to understand his ways. And when you understand his ways, you can apply them to your life. And you, when, when you apply the ways of heaven to your life, you become a high-performance Christian. You become someone who can break barriers that no one else can break. You know, it's the, um, it's the end of a financial year today. Or last week it was. And um, it was the end of one financial year and the beginning of another. And today I just want to bring one simple principle. And it comes from Revelation 1 verse 8. And it's this. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, who is and who was and who is to come. Why don't you repeat after me? I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, who is and who was and who is to come. See, this is the key to life. This is the key to our lives. And it's in the transitions of life that our revelation of past, present and future is questioned. We question things. We question where we're headed, where we've been, what we're doing right now. We consider our past experiences. We look at the decisions before us and we look at the future effect of those decisions. If it's our marriage, if it's our business, it's our relationship with God. We're always thinking about what was, what is, and what is to come. And he wants us to be in that space. He wants us to, he wants us to know the revelation that he was and that he is and that he is to come. And then no matter what you're thinking about, whether you're thinking about your past, whether you're thinking about your present or you're thinking about your future, guess what? He was in your past, he is in your present, and he's going to be in your future. And he wants you to gain that revelation. Let's pray right now. As let's, Father, we just lift your name up and we ask that you would give us the revelation of our past. You would give us the revelation of our present and of our future, Father. We ask that the revelation of you, who you are will drop into our spirit and in our mind today, Father. That we would know that you are the Alpha and the Omega. That you are the beginning and the end, Lord. That you, that you were, that you are, and that you are coming, Lord. And we just thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, that that would pierce our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name. See, it all connects how we measure value in life when we decide who God is. See, there are many ways that we measure value. And we ask ourselves, when you're meeting someone and you want to measure their value, you generally ask them questions about their past. You'll say, what have you done? Where have you been? What have you learnt? What have you bought? These are the things in your past that we will value someone. What about the present? Where are you working? What are you wearing? What are you driving? Where are you living? How are you speaking? These are questions that we ask ourselves about the present. What about the future? What are you about to do? 
Where are you about to go? What are you about to learn? What are you about to purchase? You know, we think of we think and value each other's lives these days from a, from a very surface level. And God wants today, I think, to, for us to say, look, there's another level of me that you need to embrace. There's a deeper level of me. And you need to look a little bit further past and a little bit deeper into your present and a little bit further into your future to know me. And when you know the God of Alpha and Omega, when you know the God that was, that is and is to come, then you'll have a peace that goes beyond your understanding of today. You'll have a peace that goes beyond what you've bought, what you own, where you've been, where you're going, how you speak. And this is the revelation that we're asking for today. We need to ask ourselves, what is the origin of our value? And there's three significant events. There's three significant events that we'll all go through. And they connect to three significant events of humanity. And one was creation, the origin of our physical life. This is where we gain our self-esteem. If you're struggling with self-esteem, you, you go, Lord, thank you that I was created in your image. Therefore, my esteem is in your image. My sense of worth is in your image. My sense of value is in your image. So if I struggle with anything, I'm remind, I remind myself of creation. And what about resurrection? See, the God who was is about creation. The God who is is the God of resurrection. It's the origin of our new life with Christ. This is where shame and guilt are laid down. See, we all make mistakes and the enemy wants you to feel shame or guilty in the present. And God's saying, you know what, because of my resurrection, because I sent my son who died on the cross and rose from the dead and you rose with him, there is now no shame. There is now no guilt. There is now no condemnation. So the origin of your peace comes out of who God is in your life right now. And then there's the God who is to come. You know, Christ is going to return. He is returning. And this is the origin of our eternal life. This is where we value our decisions going forward. We don't make decisions based on what will happen in 10 years. We make make decisions based on when Christ returns and we do an eternal life with him. He's the God who was. He's the God who is. And he's the God who is to come. And these three historic and future events, they coincide with the three key events of our lives. When we were born... We were created in his image. When we were born again, we were given freedom and opportunity and peace. And when we die or when Christ returns, whichever one comes first, this is the other one that it relates to. It relates to our future decisions when we look at the future. I'm going to ask you to do three, two things today. Whenever I say who was, I want you to say who was. All right. Whenever I say who is, I want you to say who is. And whenever I say who is to come, I want you to say who is to come, all right? Who was? Psalm 139, verse 13. For you were formed in my, you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Who is? If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Who is to come? When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. See, the prophet Isaiah says, lift up your eyes and behold who has created these things. See, the issues of life are not about what, what you're seeing in your present. They're about the God who was and who is and who is to come. Who was? Who he was 
is the foundation of who you are. Who he was is the foundation of who you are, and it's the only true indicator of your identity. So when you're looking to discover your identity and decide whether you're a, a sanguine or a melancholy or a choleric you know, or a phlegmatic you know, or, or whether you're a type A personality or whether you've got a skill here and a skill there, the reality of your identity, the true identity needs to be built on a foundation of who he was, of his creation. Your identity is built in that space. Jeremiah 1.5 says this, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. Job 33 says, The Spirit of the Lord has made me, and the breath of the Almighty God gives me life. Isaiah says, But now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay. You are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Psalm 100, Know that he is Lord. Know that he is God. And it is he who made us. And we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. He was. Who is? Who he is is the foundation of your peace on earth. And the authority to walk tall and to live free. Who he is, is is your freedom. He is your peace. Who he is, is your peace. Having peace gives you authority. Do you know what it's like? When you're at peace in life, you stand taller, don't you? And when you stand tall, you have authority because you see opportunity. Your authority comes out of the peace of Christ. Colossians 3 says, we have been raised with Christ. Colossians 1 says, in Christ we have been presented holy and blameless and above reproach. Because of who he is, you are. Because of who he is, you can. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are the workmanship of, uh, created in Christ, Jesus, for all good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In him, by him, through him are all things. Because of who he is, you have peace. Because of who he is, you have authority. Because of who he is, you have understanding to look at life from a fresh perspective. There is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, Romans says. So when you look at your life, when you look at the, uh, the burdens that you carry, when you feel guilt or shame, remind yourself of who he is so that you understand that there is no guilt, there is no shame, there is no condemnation. There is only perfect peace and perfect authority, and perfect truth, and perfect mercy, and perfect understanding. See, he wants you to know that you're seated in heavenly places. He wants you to know that when you, when you look down at yourself, you're looking from his perspective, and he is molding you and shaping you and developing you and preparing you to carry more of his goodness and more of his hope. Who is to come? See, who is to come is the foundation of your hope hope, and the source of your courage. This is really important. Titus 2.13 says this, Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. He wants us to look forward to the glorious appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming again for us. And when we look forward to that, you know, it says in Titus 1, it says, we have a knowledge of truth which leads to godliness in the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. So he wants you to know that when your eyes 
are in eternity, you have courage on earth. When your hope is in eternal things, you have, you have perspective on earth. And he wants to give you his perspective. Now, he is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He, he was and he is and he is to come. And he wants to know that he was in your past and he is in your present and he is going to be in your future. He wants to remind us of that today. You know, at the end of this financial year, we look at what we've spent. We look at what we've earned and then we hope that we're owed something. We pray that the ATOs in a generous mood. Be gentle with us, OATO. When we're looking to find ourselves, we look back at what we've done. We look at what has been done to us and we look at what we've earned. But he is the God who was. And God is asking you today to look back a little further. See, the challenge is, is we tend to look back at our childhood or we tend to look back at our year, or we tend to look back at our decade. And God is saying, I want to encourage you today to look back a little further. I want you to look back about 6,000 years and understand that I created you in my image. He's saying, looking back's fine. Just make sure you look back all the way. Don't stop looking back at the challenges of life. He's saying, look back at the origins of life. Because the challenges are not the origins of your life. The origins of life are that you were fearfully and wonderfully made in his image and he has a purpose and a hope to be released to humanity through you. Look back a little further, he's saying. See, the origins give you confidence in your beliefs and when you don't look back far enough, you don't have confidence in your beliefs because you're looking at the wrong origins of your life. You see, he knew you before you were born. And your parents really only had influence in you after you were born. So God's saying, I am your origin. Your parents aren't your origin. The town that you lived in is not your origin. I am your origin. And I formed you. And I imagined you. And what I imagined you became. See, we are defenders of our origins. I'm, I was born in WA. So when it comes to football, I defend and barrack for the West Coast Eagles. And um, I had the opportunity, thank you, and uh, I had the opportunity la- uh, last week to go to the state of origin at Suncorp Stadium, and uh, where the people were defending their state of origin. And uh, let me just say that I'm deeply concerned with the future of Queensland based on the... Um, the the group of people that were present at that game. And, uh, you know, I've decided that Queensland, the other most bloodthirsty people that I've ever seen in my life. And I think if someone... I, sit, I was sitting with a friend of mine and I said, Ross, are we at Suncorp or are we at the Coliseum? Because if someone died out there, I think the crowd just would have got more excited. And, um, but these guys were defending their origins. You know, I have an Italian heritage and uh, on my mother's side, and I would argue with you that Rome is the greatest city on earth. I would argue with you. The funny thing is, is I haven't been to all the cities on earth. So I'm arguing with you based on my origins, not based on the full understanding of the big picture. And, um, you know, when, I ask, when people ask me, why is Rome the greatest city on earth? Well, I say things like, look, it's the architecture and the food and the, 
the fashion and the people and the language and all these sort of things. The reality is, is I just have a great emotional experience every time I go there because I know this is where my, my peeps are from. See, what we tend to do is we tend to have an emotional experience and then try to build a logical response around it. Oh, it's because of the architecture and the, and the, uh, the food and the people and the language is wonderful. You know, and all those things are great. The reality is I have an emotional attachment to my family who was born there. So when I go there, I feel like I'm home. And so I defend that. I will defend that. We love it, don't we? We love our origins. And God's saying... That's exactly what I've called you to do, but I've just called you to look back a little further. Look back a little further at the origins of life, not just your experience. Who is? See, God is asking you today to live for him, to live by him, and to live with him. just want to read a little scripture out of Colossians 1.9. It's the prayer of the Apostle Paul. And I just want to say, I just want to read this because it's about living for him. It's about your present. And he's saying this. Apostle Paul is praying for the Colossian church. He's saying, we continually ask God. This is reading from chapter 1, verse 9. This is a really great prayer if you ever want to read one. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption for the forgiveness of sins. Wow. Do you get it, church? He wants you to live for him. But he's not just asking you to do something. He's given you every tool and everything you need so that you can actually do it and that you can live according to his. He's given you an inheritance. He's given you freedom from your past. He's given you an inheritance for your, for your present. And he's given you an opportunity to live with him for all eternity. He's saying, I am the God who was and is and is to come. And I am everywhere. And if you'll set your eyes on me, if you'll receive my inheritance, if you'll accept the hope of the eternity that I have for you, you will rise above any circumstance that is in your life. And who is to come? See, God is asking you to look further than you're currently looking. I love making plans. Who likes making plans? Planners, I love design. Like I, we, I designed our home that we live in. I love, um, you know, imagining things that we could do, and then drawing a timeline towards those things. I love planning our holiday trips, strategizing goals. I love all these things. I love talking about the future. The way, reason I love it is because I see, always see possibility in the future. There's always opportunity, and because I have, because I've walked through the fact that um, I have, there is no condemnation of my past the greatest person I've learned to forgive is myself. And this is what he wants you to do. As you can forgive yourself, you can look into the future. 
But he doesn't want you to just look at the future of where you live and where you're going to holiday and what you're going to buy. He wants you to look a little further. He wants you to look into eternity. He's saying, this is where your hope is. He says, lift up your eyes and see. Lift up your eyes and see that I am the giver of life and it doesn't end on this planet. It keeps going. It's eternal life. Whenever the Bible talks about a hope, it's generally attached to eternal life. It's generally attached to Jesus coming again and us doing eternal life with him. Jim Rowan, the old motivational, Christian motivational speaker, he says, invest in things that compound in eternity. Invest in things that compound in eternity. See, it's the great courage giver. If your true hope is in eternity, then your motto for life becomes this. It says, to live is Christ, to die is gain. If your motto is to live is Christ and to die is gain, then nothing can touch you. You are completely courageous. You can speak to anyone about anything. You can have a go at anything. Because if you live and it's great, well, all glory to God. And if, you, if it doesn't work out and you die, well, look, you're going to be with him anyway. See, he wants us to be courageous. He wants us to put things in order. And when our hope is in him, in eternal life, then all of a sudden the fear of the present evaporates. The fear of the present evaporates. And he's called us. He says, you don't have a spirit of fear. He says, you have a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. And the reason that we have those things is because our eyes are fixed on things that are eternal. Apostle Paul says before that verse, he says, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm going to go on living in this body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. See, when, he, when we get saved, wouldn't it be great if shoo, off we went? Be beautiful. But he's called us to do a work on earth. He's given us inheritance right now so that we can carry on our father's business. Remember when um, Jesus got lost and his parents went looking for them and they found him in their temple and I said, what, have you done? what are you doing? And he says, I had to be in my father's house. See, Jesus wanted, he had to go about his father's business. And when you got saved, he said, well, now you've got to go about your father's business. That's why you're here. If I didn't have anything for you to do, shoo, you'd be gone. When our confidence is birthed in what is to come, we become so much more courageous in the present. Do you know why? Because neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor, nor present, nor the future, nor powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to what? Will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. As you live for Jesus, you're strengthened today. Why doesn't the band jump up? As you look back to creation for your identity, you're strengthened today. As you look at eternal life for your hope, you're strengthened today. Revelation 1.8. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Who is and who was and who is to come. And as you gain the revelation that God was 
and is and is to come, then you gain this revelation of you. And you was created by him. You is in his will. And you is going to have eternal life with him, not in the greatest city on earth, but in the greatest city of the kingdom of our God. And no one's going to argue about that city. No one's going to argue about that city. You know, I want you to consider today the foundations of your identity, the foundations of your peace, and the foundations of your courage. Because God wants you to know where you came from. He wants you to live a life in peace. And he wants you to live a courageous, confident life in his name. You know, it's because, you know, I love to pray at the start of the financial year and the start of the um, calendar year. And so I'd, I'd love to pray with you today and just pray a prayer of blessing. But I think we need to do it. We need to honor and give this year to God ourselves. And, um, you know, after we do that, after we pray for you as the band sings, I'd love it if you'd come and you'd partake of communion. You know, we want to dedicate this coming year, this coming financial year to God, and then we want to honor Him and say, Lord, we thank you for the blessing. We dedicate this year to you, and we remember that it is by the power of who you are that we get to be free. So why don't you stand with me today? I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things. First thing, I want you to repeat after me this prayer. First thing I want you to do is I want you to put your hand on your belly. And say, Dear Heavenly Father, I dedicate this year to you. May rivers of living water flow out of this belly. Now put your hand on your heart. Father, I declare with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. I am a child of God. Now put your hand on your forehead and say this, Father, I lay down my old beliefs that I may be renewed in the spirit of my mind. I commit this year to you, Lord, my Lord and Saviour, May your spirit lead me. May your grace lift me. And may your blood cover me. In Jesus' mighty name. Let me just pray a prayer of blessing out of Deuteronomy. May the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Lord, I thank you for this mighty group of people who have stood and said, Jesus is my Lord, who have stood and said, this is your year, Lord, who have stood and said, all abundance that I have is from you, who have stood and said, we thank you, Lord, that you were and that you are and that you are coming and that you will continue to come for all eternity, Father. So we put our lives in context today. We put them in the context of your goodness, of your grace, of your truth, of your mercy, of your abundance, Father. Lord, we choose right now to look back further. Lord, we choose to look back from further from our childhood and all the way to creation, Father. We thank you, Lord, that six odd thousand years ago, you said, let there be light. 
And because you said that, we get to stand in your light today. And because you formed us, because you knew us before we were born, Father, we choose today to accept our identity from that space, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord, that we get to live for you and by you and with you in the present, Lord. And we declare, Lord, that our hope is in our future glory with you, Father. We thank you, Lord, that as we gaze upon you, as we gaze upon your hope, Lord, that we are going from glory to glory, Lord. We're going from glory on earth to glory in heaven to eternal life where we get to declare holy, 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 Holy is the Lord God Almighty. In Jesus' mighty name, be blessed. Amen. Well, we pray you've been blessed by this message from Noosa Christian Outreach Church. For more information, please check out our website at www.noosacoc.org.au. See you soon.